This morning, we'd like to share corporate communion together. If you did not receive the elements when you came in, if you'd raise your hand, we'll gladly have someone bring, bring them to you. If you're joining us online, quickly run, grab a cracker, a piece of bread, a little juice, anything, just something to represent the bread and the juice this morning. Thank you, hospitality team. Y'all do a great, great job. In keeping with Pastor Chris's sermon series I would like to think about seasons when Jesus sat down with the disciples that night they were celebrating Passover and Jesus so lovingly helped prepare his disciples for what was next in their lives but what I want you to realize is that through Jesus sacrifice he also prepared us for the seasons that are going to come in our lives as well with his sacrifice, with his broken body, and with his blood, he gave us everything we needed to weather any season that we would come across in our lives. So this morning, as you open the bread that represents the body that was broken for you, Father God, thank you for your son's body that was broken. Broken so that our brokenness could be healed. So that we could weather any season because of his sacrifice. We remember that and we thank you this morning for that. In Jesus' name. You may take the bread. And as you open the juice, Father God, this morning, we remember that it was because of the blood that was shed on the cross that our sins would be forgiven. And Lord, all our sicknesses could be healed. So Lord, this morning, we thank you for that. And we do this in remembrance of him in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the juice. There are receptacles at the end of your row for your elements.
Father, you are holy. Or totally other, totally separate then. Father, we come before you this morning bringing you all praise, all glory, all honor. It is due no, to no one other than you. Lord, we cry, holy, holy, holy are you. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords who was and is and always will be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. I'm going to ask the, our elders to come forward and also the Crawford family, Pastor Jeff and Lauren and Bryn, Hadley and Case. Pastor Jeff joined uh, New Covenant Church as the administrative pastor earlier this year. And uh, as, as we have walked with him and, and his family, the elders really believe uh, that Jeff has also just called for the work of the ministry and has been gifted and called by God to be in ministry. Uh, I wanted to read from 1 Timothy 4.14. This was words that Paul wrote uh, to, to his son in the gospel, Timothy. He said, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. That special endowment which was intentionally bestowed on you by the Holy Spirit through prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands on you at your ordination. And that's what we're doing this morning, setting Pastor Jeff uh, apart as a minister of the gospel for the equipping of the saints and for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. As we were in worship, I also just felt like I had a, a word for you, Lauren. Um, I just heard what Mordecai told Esther for such a time as this, that uh, God brought you and Jeff together, and you are uh, just both together for such a time as this. He's going to do a work in you and through you and in your whole family um, and and. He has a plan and a purpose and is redeeming everything. Lay our hands on you. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Amen. <laughs> Dearly Father, we just, we thank you for Pastor Jeff and Lauren and their children, Lord. We thank you for the blessing they are, not only to New Covenant Church, but to their family and this part of the body of Christ. Lord, we recognize the call of ministry on his life, Lord, that you have uh, saved him. You set him apart and he and his family, Lord, just like your word says that they became a new creation, that all things have become new. All the old things are gone, Father God, that he is truly redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and you have called him uh, to walk in ministry, Father God, and we just, we are, are so happy and thrilled that you've called them to be part of this part of your body, Lord, and we just pray blessing upon him and pray that you will fill him with every gift and blessing he needs to accomplish the work of the ministry, Father, and we lift Lauren up to you as well as she stands with him and by him and as they raise their children uh, in the Lord. Father, I, I was just reminded this morning as well uh, that I know their heart is as Joshua's, that, that they would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and we just thank you for this family. Three scriptures, Matthew 5, 8. <clears throat> Blessed to be congratulated and to be envied are the pure in heart, for they will see, perceive, and come to recognize God. And then Luke 7, 47 through 50, just the principle, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And then Romans 5, 8, the love of God is about to be shed abroad in your hearts in such a supernatural way that the world will stand in awe of the agape love that's going to flow through this family. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we anoint and we lay hands and say, thus saith the Lord, set apart for the gospel ministry in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
born in NCC. If this is your first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome. We're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today. As many of y'all know, we just wrapped up our annual Thanksgiving food drive to benefit the Lampasas mission. We decided this year to add a little extra incentive. As always, our NCC family came through. As a church, we donated over 270 meals, which meant we owed eight NCC staff members a pot of the face. This past Wednesday night at NCC Kids, those pies were delivered. At New Covenant Church, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. Y'all did that by supporting the Lampasas mission and families in our community. Thank y'all for participating with us. You can learn more about NCC, become part of our church family, or join our volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or by attending one of the upcoming in-person classes. If you would like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlandpasses.com. If you have any questions about what's going on at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. Good morning. We are so glad that you are with us for worship this morning. Uh, I talked to Pastor Lance uh, earlier this week, and he said he was still digging out whipped cream from his ear. You all saw that ear shot, and uh, Pastor Jeff, I think for days after, could smell it, right? Can you still smell it? No, it's finally gone. <laughs> well, we are so glad that you are with us this morning as we finish up this series on seasons this morning uh, as we get ready to head into Thanksgiving, uh, a whole week of Thanksgiving. We have been looking at the characteristics and features of the physical seasons as they relate to spiritual seasons in our life that we face. And this morning, we're going to take a look at the characteristics and features of the spiritual season of spring. It's not by coincidence that we're finishing up with spring uh, I think from both a natural and physical perspective, it may be the easiest season for us to be thankful for. Uh, during this season, we have seen that God accomplishes good works that we can be thankful for in every season. Uh, and there is a purpose in and for every season. But most of us uh, could say that we can be thankful for spring without trying very hard. It kind of comes naturally. And that's because the defining characteristics of a spiritual spring are newness, freshness, excitement, new growth, and revival. All of those things uh, are things that we can consider good and easily be thankful for. There's an excitement, an anticipation that comes along with spring. When we know that we're about to experience something new and something fresh, 
Spring is warmer. It has more daylight hours. And it's the time for planting new seeds because the ground temperature finally gets warm enough for germination. Everywhere that we turn, we see the emergence of new life. A spiritual spring is characterized by a greater sense of God's activity in our lives. As we have discussed, God is always present and always at work. But it is much harder to see in some of the other seasons like winter. During a spiritual spring, God's work and presence is much more clear. It seems like his work and his presence is just right in front of our face. Many of our salvation testimonies, if you have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, could be described as a spiritual spring. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Everything is new when we come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything that was old is gone. It can easily be described as a time of spiritual spring. When we first come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are literally spiritual infants, newborns in the kingdom of God. And we need to know that the care, tenderness, and attention given to a newborn is far different from that given to any other age. A toddler is treated differently. An adolescent is raised in a different manager, managed, managed in a different manner. Certainly a teen. We, I don't know that there's a parent alive who knows how to go through the season of teenagers. And then we become adults. During this spiritual infant season, we often hear testimonies of how virtually every prayer that they pray seems to be answered and how God's presence is so easily discerned. During a spiritual spring, uh, reading God's word and fellowshipping with other believers, praying and spending time with God every day is new and fresh. This changes or at least it can come and go during the other seasons of our life. It isn't that God is leaving us or abandoning us. He is still very present, but he is helping us to mature in our faith and walk with him. As a parent, it would not be loving to treat your seven-year-old the same way that you treated them when they were a newborn baby. It's no different as we mature spiritually. And our Heavenly Father isn't just a good Father. He is beyond the best Father. If you have been a follower of Jesus Christ for some time now, you know that these experiences that I'm referring to ebb and flow. As we mature spiritually, we begin to realize that we can trust and have faith in our Father regardless of how we may feel or the emotions that we may be experiencing as we continue to practice the spiritual disciplines. In a season of winter or fall, sometimes it can feel like our prayers aren't being heard, like we aren't getting anything out of the word when we read it. It's important to realize that God is accomplishing a different work in our life during these seemingly difficult seasons. For sure, storms can come in spring as well. And there are aspects of beauty and blessing in every season and aspects of difficulty or trial in every season. As we head into this week of Thanksgiving, I want to encourage you to be thankful in whatever season you find yourself in this morning. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I love this encouraging word. I will bless the Lord at all times. In any situation, in any circumstance, in every season, in times of plenty and times of barrenness, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And in Psalm 103, 1 through 5, David wrote these words. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love the way that David encourages his own soul, even when he doesn't feel like it. It's like the words to the song that we sing. And I would sing them to you if I could sing. If you've ever stood in front of me or near me during worship, you know that that's, that's not the case. So I'm going to read these words to you. The words to the song that, that we sing often in worship are, Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Whatever you feel like, whatever season you're in, whether it's good or bad or seemingly bad, whether it's abundant or barren, talk to your soul, encourage your soul to bless his holy name. We can encourage our souls to praise God regardless of what we feel like. He is present whether we feel it or not. He is doing a good work whether we see it or not. And he is faithful whether we believe it or not. If we find it difficult or impossible to praise God in bad times, it might be because we're trying to have a transactional relationship with him. God will not have a transactional relationship with us. No more than any good father would have a transactional relationship with his children. Sometimes we want to come to God and say, if you'll do what I'm asking, when I ask it, how I ask it, I'll follow you. God doesn't play that game. If you find yourself in this place this morning, I want to encourage you with these words. When you can't see God's hand, trust his heart. If you're in a season this morning and you can't see him, you don't feel him, it doesn't seem like he's anywhere to be found, trust his heart. Know he is a good father and he is doing a good work in the season that you find yourself in. And then do all you can to speak encouragement to your soul, to praise him anyway. As we head into this week of thanksgiving, let's consider creating a habit of offering thanks daily to our Heavenly Father, regardless of what season that we find ourselves in. As I considered the many blessings I could be thankful for this thanksgiving, and I can think of many ways that God has blessed me, there's one that stood out above the rest. And it's not a thing It's a person. And his name is the Holy Spirit. How can we be thankful when we find ourselves in a barren season? When it seems like heaven is closed off to our prayers. When we find ourselves crying out to God, what else could go wrong? I'd like to propose that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And remind ourselves and encourage our souls with the truth that we are not alone. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, promised us that He would not leave us alone. And He didn't. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be like springs of living water in our soul. Springs that would turn into rivers. And it made me think of how I've always been taught regarding the filling and refilling of the Holy Spirit that we experience. Getting this correct is important for us to navigate and face how we walk through every season. Whether it's a spiritual spring, a summer, a winter, or fall. Whether we are in a season of blessing and bounty or a season of barrenness and apparent lack. And I'm going to explain what I'm referring to through Scripture. 
when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, and this isn't going to be on the screen, but if you'd like to read it yourself, it's found in John chapter 4. But Jesus said these words to the woman at the well. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And a few verses later, he says, everyone who drinks of this water, and here he's referring to the physical water that she was trying to pull up from the well. Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's good news. Jesus told the woman that all she had to do was ask and he would give her living water. Whoever would drink of this water will never be thirsty again because it will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The living water that Jesus came to give is meant to be a constant source of life. Let's take a look at what Jesus said about this living water just a few chapters later in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And this will be up on the screen. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In John 4 and 7, Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit whom he and the Father would send after us, after his resurrection, send to us. He promised he wouldn't leave us alone. And once we have received the Holy Spirit, Jesus said we would be filled with a river of life flowing out of our hearts. A constant flow that's meant for every season that we find ourselves in. And Jesus would make this even clearer in John 14, verses 15 through 18, when he said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. He will send us a helper to be with us forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He's speaking of that future tense because he hasn't gone to the cross and the grave and been resurrected and sent him yet. The Holy Spirit was around prior. The Holy Spirit was around even in the Old Testament. But this verse here and what we read last week in James, when Jesus ascended to the Father, he said, He will be in you and with you. You will not be alone. He will be with you forever. As a living spring, a constant flow of life-giving water flowing out of our hearts. And all we have to do to receive him is believe in Jesus Christ and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In and through the Holy Spirit is all the strength, power, encouragement, and help we need to follow Jesus Christ as we are called to. Pastor Darrell has often referred uh, to and said that when we believe in Jesus Christ, he puts the follow in us the ability to follow him as he has called us to. Well, I would propose to you this morning that that follow has a name and it's a person and he's the Holy Spirit. He is the follow 
that God puts in us that will dwell in us and with us to give us the strength and ability and power to do what God has called us to do. A river of life, an endless spring that will flow in us forever. In Galatians 5, Paul tells us that if we will walk by the Spirit, we'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are opposed to the desires of the Spirit. And we don't have to participate in the flesh any longer. We can be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what flows out. When we have the, the river of living water, the life-giving water of the Holy Spirit in us and flowing out of us. In verse 24 of Galatians 5, Paul assures us that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And he encourages us that if we will live by the Spirit, we, don't, we can keep in step with the Spirit. With these passages in mind, I want to share what I believe is an incorrect theology that I was taught and accepted as true throughout my life. And you may have been taught this as well. My prayer is that whatever our understanding prior to today, that this morning the Holy Spirit will give us a revelation of the truth. The truth of how he is with us and in us like a spring and river of never-ending, life-giving water. And how He is empowering us to follow Jesus Christ as we are called. So I was always taught, and there, there's some scriptures that, that people reference that back this up, that were like a pitcher, and a cracked pitcher that leaks. And, and when the, the passage of scripture that says that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's even a continual filling. But... That's also what Jesus was referring to. Where that got taken kind of off, and, and I shared in the earlier service, I went to Pastor Daryl's office this week, and I was like, here's what I believe God's showing me. Is this heretical? <laughs> Is this true? And he was like, no, that's, I think that's, that's true. That's what God was saying. So what I was taught was, we're like this pitcher that gets full of that life-giving water of the Holy Spirit. And then we go and we pour ourselves out till there's nothing left. And then we're empty and we're exhausted. And I talk to people on a regular basis who say, I'm empty. I don't have anything else to give. I've poured it all out. And so we think, okay, I'm going to go back to the Holy Spirit and get filled up again so I can go pour myself out again and get empty again and then run back for that filling. And then... Some people say, well, we just need to stay under the, the faucet, the spigot, stay under that water so it keeps flowing out. Well, but then you still kind of have to, you know, it either overflows or you <laughs> spread it out. That's not what the Word of God said. That's not what any of the scriptures that we just read said. It said that the Holy Spirit will be a life-giving spring turning into rivers, flowing out, welling up from within our heart. And the first picture that I had was if you got a pitcher and, and, and got a plumber to install an attachment at the bottom and hook up a hose that never stops running and that hose is shooting up water, if you turn the pitcher up, that pitcher is going to just fill up from the water that's shooting up and then it's going to overflow. And if you turn it over, it doesn't matter if you ever turn it over again, that hose is just going to keep pouring out water and pouring out water and it's never going to stop. And if you turn it over, it'll fill up and overflow and just keep going and going and going and that's a great example but it's not what the scripture said and Pastor Daryl and I were talking again earlier this week and uh, he, we were talking about how every picture everything that we get of God is so far less than what it really is we can't comprehend his goodness. We can't comprehend what he's accomplished. We, Jesus Christ gave us these examples and we still bring it down to some sub-level that we think maybe we can attain to. But Jesus didn't say he would give us a faucet to hook at the bottom of our pitcher. He said, I'm going to hook you up to a never-ending river. 
a river of life that will never stop flowing, that will be with you forever. You know what happens when you dam up a river that's still flowing? It builds and builds and builds. It doesn't fill a pitcher of water. It makes a lake. And if they don't let that water out, it's going to either flood the whole region or it's going to spill over the edges of the dam. That's what Jesus Christ said he was going to put within us. There's nothing that could stop it. There's nothing that could ever let it run dry. This morning I had an image of like if somehow we were made where we had holes in our feet and a hole in our head and we could be in a river where the water is in us flowing through us and we're flowing with the river. That's what it's like if we're living in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's never going to run empty. It's never going to run dry. But what we do is we swim to shore We get out of the river, we shake it off, every last bit of it off, and then we say, you know what, God, I'm empty. I don't have anything left to give. I need more of your spirit. And he's saying, why did you get out of the river? Pastor John, we talk a lot. We were talking just after the first message. And he said, you know what, though? Anytime we unplug from the source, we're not just unplugged from him. We plug into a different source. We can't be sourceless. Jesus said, you're going to serve one of two masters. We turn to something else. We turn to someone else when we turn away from God. And that was that passage I read at the close of last Sunday, James 4. He said, you adulterous generation. And he was talking to the church. We're unplugging from the source. We're turning away from the Holy Spirit. We're crawling out of the river to try to do our own thing again. But we're called to stay in the river, stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit. If we walk in the life that Jesus Christ made a way for us to walk. And his promise that he said, I will not leave you alone. Me and the Father are going to send you a helper that is going to be with you forever. In 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, Peter wrote these words. He said, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that word carried along means to be brought, carried, moved, to be conveyed. And listen to this of persons born in a ship over the sea. It's like we're in the boat of the Holy Spirit, in the hole, and he's carrying us across the ocean. If we'll stay with him and allow him to be in us, he will carry us where we need to go. He gives us the strength. He gives us the power. He gives us the ability. It's not something that we can do. And did you know even the lost can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Jesus said in John 16, verse 8, And when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world, the lost, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. It's the Holy Spirit who pierces our heart, who convicts us when we're totally lost and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's also the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin when we start to try to swim out of the river. He's the one that nudges us. He's the one that taps us on the shoulder. He's the one that calls to us to follow him, to stay with him. 
And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I guarantee you he is calling out your name this morning. And I want to encourage you to respond. I remember myself as, as a young, young boy sitting in a children's church service and they were preaching the gospel. I thought my heart was going to explode outside of my chest. It was the Holy Spirit saying, come to me. It's time. It's time for our altar ministers, our ministry prayer teams to come forward. If in a moment when we pray, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come and pray with them. If the Holy Spirit is speaking any other response to you this morning, come and pray with them. Ask the Holy Spirit how he would have you respond. And my prayer today and every day is that we will remember to give thanks to the God, to God the Father and Son for sending us the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us that we won't ever be alone. Will you bow your head and pray with me? Dear Holy Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you sent us the Holy Spirit to reveal all truth to us. Lord, I ask that this morning and even now that every word of scripture that we spoke, that the Holy Spirit would bring revelation of the truth of who you are, Father, of who your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, is, and of who he is, the Holy Spirit, our helper who is with us and in us to empower us to do the work of the gospel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and worship and please respond as the Holy Spirit leads you. before this morning, but I had this song in my mind all week as I was preparing this message. And I want to encourage you this morning with that word uh, that, that the message started out with, that we need to encourage our own soul. 
And I say this not just to encourage you, but to encourage me. It's hard to prepare and deliver a message like this when you know you're not living it yourself. This life, this truth that's found in the gospel, but it seems like we just can't grasp it. And my prayer, my constant prayer is that that this word would be true. It is true. Because God said it. This isn't something that we can do in our own ability or our own strength. The word of God says that every word that God utters will come to pass. Everything he says happens. It does not return void. The scriptures that I read this morning were from Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And He said He would not leave us alone. He said the Holy Spirit will be a life-giving river flowing from within us and around us. He said, He promised, He will do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. But He can. And He said He will, will, which means He will. Because it's the word of God. That's what we hold on to. That's what we believe. Father, we come before you this morning. A small part of the body of Christ. Lord, we believe every word that is in the word of God. Lord, we believe it's true. We believe that Jesus Christ is the living word. Father, we believe the promise that he made, that he would not leave us alone, that we have the Holy Spirit, that he is with us right now, that he is in us right now, that he is a life-giving river flowing in a spring flowing from within our hearts and it will not run dry. Father, by faith, we are going to walk out these doors believing that that river's flowing. Father, we pray that you will equip us and enable us through the power of the Holy Spirit to know you, to know your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to hear your voice through the power of the Holy Spirit and to respond to every word he says by faith. Lord, and we believe that you will accomplish what only you can do, that you will bring it to pass. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. The ministry teams are still available. Avail yourself. Pray with a brother and sister in Christ. Let them pray with you and equip you to let that river flow this week. God bless you.